0: Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. Tonight, I put this question to you. How does a local church honor law enforcement with all types of acts of kindness to show support in its local community? How is it that these acts of kindness go ignored as Detective Brian Carrado of the Colorado State Colorado Springs Police Department targets this same church with bias and, in my opinion, very, very clear misconduct. We're going to deal with that tonight and tell you a little bit about Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and the outreach programs, not only to communities, uh, different businesses, law enforcement, you name it. Colorado Springs Fellowship has been there at the point of a need And now they find themselves targeted by a detective whose conduct and integrity is in question. This is AJC Radio. We take off right now. And there you have it. I'm Lamont Banks along with David Banks, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, David Cipolo, uh Sampson Riddle, William Williams, Clint Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and Cliff Stewart and the entire AJC Radio team tonight as we address this very pressing issue of bias and clear targeting by the Colorado Springs Police Department and Detective Brian Corrado, one that's been on the force for over 14 years and was definitely privy some of the outreach the Colorado Springs Fellowship has done in this community to offer support to law enforcement. And, David, as we get into this discussion tonight, very critical, if you will, uh, to address these issues, because how does a church who has done the things Colorado Springs Fellowship has done, how is that ignored and really used as fuel to target and become biased against this church that has supported law enforcement? law enforcement? on the level that that it has been done?
1: Uh, Well, unfortunately, um, not everybody in law enforcement is honest and true and trustworthy. And we found that out uh, over the years and even in recent times in the case of George Floyd case and, and, and others, it's just, it's really sad that the culture of law enforcement, I think a lot of this stuff happens because they just feel like they have the power; they can do it, and they're never really held accountable. So it's just—it's very sad. And then in this country, it's almost—it's almost like a sickness. They—they they, there's this almost this rabid desire to put people in prison or to just use the system in the most malicious way. And obviously, you got you got to judge a person by the content of their character. Um, and unfortunately. Uh, this particular detective doesn't rate too well uh, when it comes to uh, character.
0: Well, it, it simply makes no sense. In most cases, uh, communities are really encouraged when they see this type of action by what I believe to be a pillar of the Colorado Springs community uh, in Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. It, it the outreach, and you're going to hear about all of that tonight, and the steps that are taken uh, in order to make things a better place to live in this community. Carl Street Fellowship has been here for over 40 years and doing outreach programs. And again, uh, it it was some things going on in the country, and I'm sure everybody remembers it, regarding the death. Uh, This was the spiral effect of things that started happening in this country with uh, uh, African-American men being killed by law enforcement officers. Uh, We've said it before. We'll say it again. Uh, We are aware there are good officers out here uh, all across the country, they give their lives, they put their lives on the line, uh, and it is our job to support those who honor the badge. That is our job. That is our duty. Uh, but there are situations where, as as Detective Corrado, where, where he is concerned, is a blatant disregard for any type of doing the right thing. It is our job as advocates to address those issues, and we're going to do just that. On the other side of the break, folks, we're going to get into this conversation. Uh, have one current uh, event we're going to deal with on the other side regarding an officer involved shooting, and we're going to we can tell you a little bit more about that. But look, folks, hang on. Title of the show tonight, Colorado Church Praise for supporting law enforcement, becomes victim of biased police detective Brian Corrado. This is AGC Radio. We'll be right back.
2: We have a big problem, and we need your help. It's
0: happening on college campuses,
3: at bars, at parties. Even in high schools. It's happening to our sisters
4: and our daughters. Our wives and our friends. It's
3: called
2: sexual assault and it has to stop.
5: We have to stop it.
2: So listen up. If she doesn't consent or if she can't consent, it's rape,
6: it's assault. It's a crime. It's wrong. If I saw it
5: happening I was taught you have to do something about it. If I saw it happening, I speak up. If I saw it happening... I'd never blame her. I'd help her. Because I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. We need all of you to be part of the
4: solution. This is about respect. It's about responsibility. It's up to all of us to put an end to sexual assault. And that starts with you. Because one is too many.
0: For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now, add a wrongful conviction to that, life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid
7: should ever be faced with,
0: especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions. By remembering a Just Cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a Just Cause today, 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children. As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room, to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our
7: future.
8: I stand for equality. I stand for individuality. I stand for peace. I stand for diversity.
9: I stand for dignity.
8: I stand for respect. I stand for fairness.
2: Red, yellow, black, white, we're all the same color.
10: When you turn out the lights.
6: To change the face of justice. Did you know that minority and youth participation in juries is extremely low to non existent? The incidence of youth
8: and minority offenders faced with trials has exploded. <laughs> youth and minorities
11: are not being represented as they should be. We must represent for people to get
12: fair trials.
8: If you acquire a state ID or driver's license, it allows you to register to vote and it allows you to become eligible for jury service.
12: I gotta go home. Oh come on, Carrie. Don't We're going go to a new place. She wants to go home, right? <laughs> Let's
6: go. Whoa. You That's okay to driving. drive? Fine. So oh, relax. What's a few
4: beers? If you don't stop your friend from drinking and driving, you're as good as dead. Drinking and driving can kill a friendship.
5: Did you know that over 1.5 million children in America have parents who are incarcerated?
3: These children cope with the pain
5: through drugs, alcohol,
3: anger, and
8: violence. It
13: is so important. So impor- it is so important for communities to provide preventative and intervention services.
10: Don't make them do it alone. Become a part of the community the community. The community.
11: Become a part of the community community.
6: I'd like to order a pizza for delivery. Ma'am, you've reached 911. This is an emergency line. Uh, Large with half pepperoni, half mushroom. Um, You know you've called 911. This is an emergency line. How long it'll be? Okay, ma'am, is everything okay over there? Do you have an emergency or not? Yes. And you're unable to talk because? Right, right. Is there someone in the room with you? Just say yes or no. Hey, um, it looks like I have an officer about a mile from your location. Are there any weapons in your house? No. Can you stay on the phone with me? No. See you soon. Thank you.
0: Ladies and gentlemen to AJC radio tonight is we are really talking from our own backyard here, literally regarding uh, police bias. Uh, detectives name is detective Brian Carrado, who really has failed in honoring the oath in which he took 14 years ago uh, to honor the badge in which that, de- in which he wears. Uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, as we said earlier in the, pre- in the introduction of this show, How does a church be involved, and namely the Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, be involved so uh, extensively into community outreach, whereas we are not being treated fairly, the church is not being treated fairly, and basically someone can commit a crime, steal over $20,000 of church property, uh, and yet still today. After a couple of months, no arrests have been made in that crime. How does a church who has shown support during the 40-year tenure here in Colorado Springs in El Paso County and reaching out and supporting law enforcement, emergency responders, the firefighters of of Colorado, uh, how is it that all of these, and we're going to get into all discussions along these lines, how does a church then become a target? By that type of behavior, uh, by Detective Brian Corrado, and I'll say this, uh, Detective Deputy Chief uh, Vasquez, uh, Adrian Vasquez, who's the Deputy Chief of Police, enables this type of behavior. Because the the Deputy Chief was told in very clear uh, terms exactly what happened here, that the perpetrators here tried their best to not have anybody around their residence so they could actually strategically scheme to take the church property and to steal it. That crime is grand larceny. Uh, and they still have not charged these folks with a crime, but they want us to put our belief and our trust uh, in the in the, in the police force of this community. And I can tell you right now, that's not going to happen. Uh, respect is something that you earn, uh, and it could be earned, uh, then you'll get the respect. But you have to show fairness and equality within the criminal justice system that uh, just because a rogue cop, as Detective Brian Carrado is, and decides to make the rules as he goes along, uh, is not, not going to fly. It's just not going to fly. We're going to get into that. But I did state well, one note uh, of a police officer involved shooting Uh, with the Nashville officer, Josh Baker, that happened in Tennessee a few days ago, I believe. uh, And Anika Hobart was killed in that officer-involved shooting. Now, the reason we must bring this up, I had an opportunity to review the video uh, of this. People immediately went out saying this cop had no right uh, to take the life of this African-American young lady. Here's the difference. And again, the AJC radio and it just called Stands With That Which Is Right. Uh, I saw it firsthand. Uh, that was a justified shooting. And because of the fact this officer's life was in danger, for real. It wasn't, it wasn't no cliche. I feared for my life. This was a serious issue. Uh, and as you watch that video, and David, I'm going to get your thoughts on it, I can tell you, My heart went out to the family of that officer because he really sincerely did not want to pull that weapon. So that other gun was pulled on him. The young lady got in the car. He tried to tase her. He said, please get out of the car over and over again. And nothing happened until she reached in that purse, pulled that gun, and I believe from what I saw in the video, they kind of shot simultaneously because at that point, she was pointing directly at him. The fire went off. He hit the ground. I, I, as far as I know, go ahead, Demetrius, what your knowledge is of it.
7: Hey, Lamont, I, I did see the video as well. And you're absolutely right. He did everything in his power to bring this to a peaceful res- uh, resolution. She had fired twice. He hit the ground. He said, officer down, officer down, shots fired. Yeah. And then he returned fire. Do you remember he stood up to his knees? It's, it's the grace of God she didn't run him over. So again, there's one of those things. He did everything in his right because that was one of the things that they were complaining about. She backed, like she was going to hit, and then she reversed it. Then. Well,
0: and again, the issue is, that, look, that we got good officers out here. Absolutely. And As we get into this show tonight regarding Detective Corrado, let me be clear uh, that Officer uh, Josh Baker. Our uh, thoughts go without go to his family, to his to his comrades. This was not necessary. Every opportunity was given to save life here, uh, and it was, it was it was really irresponsible uh, on behalf of this young lady who got nervous. They found some drug paraphernalia in the car in her purse, uh, but there was a gun in that purse, which was actually uh, on the officer's car seat on the back of the trunk where he was checking to make sure. And he was, to me, very cordial, very polite to this young lady. Uh, we have to call it what it is. We're not just about uh, you know you know, that this was a black young lady that was killed by a white cop. It goes deeper than that. And we have a, we have an obligation to address the, the, the bad cops out there that are doing what they're doing, but we also have an
14: obligation to address those that did everything they could to save life. Dave the poll, go ahead. And the reason this started was the car that she was with had several drug warrants on it. So when you see that the reason that he was even confronting her was a valid situation, you're totally different than some of the other things we've seen. You're absolutely right. And it's our job as advocates to call those things out. So uh, we'll be right. David, did you have something on that?
1: Yeah, I just want to, the the initial reaction was to everybody get up in arms before they uh, actually knew the facts of this particular case. Uh, Video video is uh, informative in this case, as it was in George Floyd's case. This time the officer was in the right, and I don't want to hear anything about, woke black people concerning this particular type of incident this lady pulled the weapon the officer did his job he wasn't trying to harm the woman yet uh you will still have some i've seen other cases where uh the guy pulls a gun well he turned around with the gun well he was running with the gun well that doesn't necessarily make a difference you can turn around and take a shot at some point so uh the reality is call a spade a spade this officer did his job, and, and like I said, we pray for him and his family and and we pray that that he doesn't get any worse and his wounds stabilize and uh and Tennessee hopefully they they treat the video as it is and and don't uh start any protests or nothing along those lines because it's really unnecessary in this
0: situation and as well let, let me say this we all press out to uh, Nika Holbert's family as well. uh this is a no win situation for her and her family. Uh, regardless of her uh, actions here that brought this to the level that it went again that's still a tough situation for so the parents the family members that's a, somebody you know lost a loved one here and that's that's something that uh we have to in, in as human decency uh you need to that, that's a tough situation uh to lose your daughter i believe it, on the phone call i believe she called her mother uh and was telling her mother she had got pulled over so imagine the the horror even of that mother to hear those shots go and knowing your your daughter is, is, is in a situation behind the, those shots ringing out. So, again, I thought in prayers. I felt it necessary to address that issue. As on the other side of the coin tonight, we deal with a rogue cop uh, by the name of Brian Corrado. Uh, you would expect the behavior of a 14-year veteran at a police department to know how to conduct himself. Um... We have reached out, David, and I'm going to get thoughts. Let me get thoughts really quick as we get into this. So we all kind of engage in this situation Uh, in regards to uh, the really bad taste, if you will, uh, in a person's mouth when it comes to the situation with police officers not doing their job. Uh, I can guarantee you, if I go into a furniture store tonight anyone in this city and take $20,000 of furniture out of that store. I can promise you before I get good settled in my bed, uh, I'll have a knock on that door saying we have a warrant for your arrest and I'm going in. $20,000 grand lock that is a high felony. Uh, how does that change? Because an officer decides to leave the role of detective. Number one, he never arrived at the role of detective because he never did an investigation nor did he call these people into question for what they've done, the reputation of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. And we're going to go through that tonight, just to show as we sit here, the acts of kindness in a community which builds a community. It creates pillars in the community to say, man, somebody cares. And I'll tell you from uh, experience myself, outreach that's done in this community, where officers, Dennis, we've seen officers pull up and and uh, we thank them for their service, and we exactly. give them something to eat while they're on the beat. Hey, man, have something. Thank you for what you're doing. We've seen this. We've, we've lived it. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Dennis, on that, in that situation of what the this church, Colorado Springs Baptist Church is doing constantly in this community, and the officers that we have talked to have been very grateful for what we've done. And that is true. I mean, one thing about the, the church, uh, I'm like you, Lamont, you know, we've seen it, uh, where Uh, There's there's just a constant outreach uh, to to our community, uh, to our our workers, you know, our police officers, our our firefighters. I mean, constant. And and I was a part and we'll get into that. But but I was a a part of the uh, program that we used to actually go out, get food for our officers, take it to their job, set it all up so that they have something to eat. To show that we appreciated what they were doing. So that was during the Eric Gardner situation. We yes. sparked this. You were actually there. I was actually there. Tell us a little bit about that. What was the morale, the excitement there at the uh, police department when that came when that happened? It was awesome. I mean, the the police officers were so pleased because at that time, you know, a lot of people had you know a bad taste in their mouth uh, for our police officers, and uh, what the church wanted to do was show them that. There is somebody or some people uh, that appreciate what they do. So, like I said, we used to go there, give them breakfast, uh, give them lunch or whatever. I was at the breakfast, and I mean, it was awesome. You should see every all the police officers, police chief, they were just so, I mean, elated, just happy, saying, hey, guys, thank you so much for what you're doing. But this is what the church does, and when you talk about a bad taste in your mouth, what just happened, what you're talking about today, what we're talking about today truly gives you a bad taste in your mouth. And William, I believe you had had an opportunity to share in this, uh, really celebrating and honoring our officers here in Colorado Springs uh, with the chief of police. And tell us a little bit about your experience uh, and what impact that had on you.
13: Well, for me, you know, the thing was, I wanted to be clear, this was not just one time. You know, the church has reached out to, to the police department and fire departments many times. I, I remember going back. I think it was uh, around 2007, 2008, and we would actually go down during the shift change, go down to um, the police departments, and so um, sit down. And like Dennis said, we laid it all out for them, and then spend some time just fellowshipping with these guys. You know, just sitting there talking to them, and they were they were so anxious just for somebody to be involved in knowing what they go through day in and day out. I remember one time down there, I was talking to a police officer. He was a former police officer for LAPD. And I was like, man, what is it like coming from L.A. to here? And he said, he was telling me, he said, man, you know, all the things that he saw in L.A. and things like that. And he was comparing it here. And we sat there and just talked. And just to listen to him share his story. You know, so it wasn't wasn't about just going there and just dropping our food. Is there befriending? Is there reaching out? And we did it. We did it many times. I know uh, myself personally. Not only did I go to the police department, but I also uh, did several several lunches for um, the uh, the uh, fire department as well. We would actually do two fire stations a month, and so we would go there and talk. And we had large um, large spreads from Kentucky Fried Chicken. We took to them. And so when you're down there and you're feeding them, they go on. I think it's like three twelve-hour shifts, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're and you're in there, and they're like, man, listen. If you know, if the if sirens go off, you know, you can ride with us now. You know, I mean, they were so excited that people take an interest in what they're doing. You know, and the guys the guys really, when they when they break it down, they said, no one really cares about us until we're needed. And they and said, so you are taking interest in what we're doing. This is life and a profession that we chose. But most people don't, they don't really consider what we go through day in and day out until that 911 call is made. And so it was really, really good to sit here and sit there and talk to them and share this experience. But I want to be clear. We, this was not a one-time thing the church did. this. Was, the, the outreach was, oh, I, I don't remember how long, but I remember we covered, I think there was, was like 20, almost 20 priests, uh, fire, to fire precincts here, fire stations here, and we at least did two a month. And because um, I remember going to several of them, I remember going down to the the four police stations here as well. So this is something.
0: Uh, look, there's not a time that we have run into officers in this community uh, where we, without question, shown honor and respect to these officers uh, and to say thank you. Because I think the vision of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and Pastor Rose Banks was one thing. How must and, and this is what came out of her mouth. How must the Families, the wives, the children of these officers or the husbands of these officers feel when they walk out of their front door
13: every day
0: with no guarantees I'm coming home. Uh that was a that was a passion of Pastor Rose that what can we do? The reputation of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and its pastor and its leadership is one thing to impact the lives of people in a way that they're never the same where somebody would look the other way and say, well, you know what? We're not going to too much worry about that. That's not the vision of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. And that's not only in word. That's not in word only. This is continually over 40 years of giving back, of reaching out. David, go ahead.
1: Yeah, Pastor Banks really understands when you were talking about uh, trying to understand the sacrifices that are made. Uh, She was a military wife. She knew what it was for her husband to go to war, two tours in Vietnam, and not being certain if uh, he would come back. You just never know. So uh, she knows, so she has deep empathy for people in public service, uh, which is why the church and its outreach program, not only goes to military, EMTs, other first responders. Because public service, like you said, you're unappreciated until, until you're actually Needed. Uh, you're just pretty much a spare tire. Then people just kind of throw you away. Uh, but every officer who dies, there's a family behind that stuff. I have saw people celebrating and doing all this, all this other type of stuff when an officer's killed. That's just absolutely outrageous. You don't, it, you have no sensitivity to the fact that they have a wife, they have children, and the suffering that's going on, going, going on with uh, with their loved ones. So we just need to really tone it down. Sometimes in this country, address issues uh, as they come up, but don't uh, paint an entire
0: profession as as evil because of, of the rogue actions of a few. Oh, no, without question. And the issue is is that somebody in the community has to step up. Well, the statement was made. We're going to be reading the chief's, uh, uh who was the chief of police at that time, wrote an actually letter of appreciation. Uh, we're going to be sharing that on the other side of the break, but. They said, and this is what we've heard, in 25 years, not one organization reached out on the level that Colorado Springs Fellowship Church did to support law enforcement in this community. Not one, in 25 years, Colorado Springs Fellowship stepped up to the plate and said, we care. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you right now, if that doesn't amount to something, then something is terribly wrong. You got to start the break. We're going to deal with some of the testimonials from the local community businesses here. We're going to hear from the chief of police uh, who made that statement. How is it a community is untouched for 25 years with the words I care? Colorado Springs fellowship set the standard as they continue to today. This is agency radio.
10: We'll be right back. The criminal justice system has a set of rights created to protect you. But do you think it's really protecting us? You had a right to remain silent. But that really means you had a right to be silent, doubted, interrogated, suspected. The color of your skin can and will be used against you in the court of law. In their hands, we're incarcerated five times more often than white people convicted for the same crime. You have a right to attorney during questioning. In some states, 80% of criminal defendants can't even afford an attorney. So a overworked public defender controls your fate, one government employee, countless lives at stake. You had the right to be innocent until proven guilty, but somehow about 47% of the wrongly convicted are black. And if they do prove you're guilty, they're gonna write you a run on sentence, on average 20% longer than white defendants accused of the same crime. Even if you get out, you're still not free. When you're an ex-kind, they had a right to deny you a bank account, deny you a mortgage, deny you a job, deny your vote. And if you don't remain perfect, with the smallest slip-up, smallest infraction, the most honest mistake, you are gonna join us, the 80% who come back to prison within five years, as I did. That's when you realize they didn't bring us here to thrive. They brought us here to build this. The plantation and the prison are actually no different. The past is the present. It ain't no coincidence. This was the plan since abolition. To keep us subjugated by creating this system. But I believe in a different set of rights. The right to stand up and be heard. The right to perform a broken justice system and build a new future. We had the right to be silent. Now it's our right to speak up. Do you understand these rights as I read them to you?
6: My nephew Joshua was 13 when he was killed in 2001. Was living with me at the time. He asked me, can I go by Billy's house? I thought, well, you know, what's the harm in that? You know My mistake was I assumed that there was a parent home. I assumed his father had his weapon properly secured. The kid had removed the magazine, so the kid was sure that the gun was safe, and he what he didn't know was there was a bullet chamber. Joshua had this fear of weapons because he lost his mother to gun violence. I think this kid really pulled the trigger to show Joshua that, that it was not dangerous. The hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life is to tell my mom we have to bury her grandson. The pain was so great we just wanted to do something positive, And we also wanted to try to prevent families from experiencing the same pain that this put my family through.
8: No, no, no.
6: We began working with the End Family Fire campaign. You
8: know I
6: mean? Family fire is the accidental shooting of a family member with a weapon that was improperly secured, improperly stored. It's a difficult conversation for people. You don't want to ask or say anything to your neighbors because you don't want to offend them, but there are important things we should know. Where are they going when they play? (laughs) What is the environment of that home? We have to understand that children are inquisitive. They're curious. And there's not one corner of the house that they haven't gone through. If you're a gun owner, you have to make sure your weapon is inaccessible. It will save the family from the pain and the trauma that my family's put through. Because once that happens, it's forever. And if I could prevent one family from experiencing that, then his life will have some purpose.
8: Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. Please,
6: have a seat. I'll be honest. Your resume. Not what I'm used to. I
2: know. Okay, so what would you bring to my company? What do you need? I need a hard worker.
8: Good. I've got two part-time jobs and to help my parents pay the bills. I need
6: problem-solving skills.
8: I got through high school without a car, a phone, or a computer.
6: No college degree, though.
8: Not yet, but... Life's taught me a lot, and I'm ready for more.
6: Well, you're not
15: the typical kind of candidate that I hire. But you are exactly what I'm looking for.
4: Your company could be missing out on the candidates it needs most. Learn how to find, cultivate, and train a great pool of untapped talent at gradsoflife.org.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio, that's where you have dialed into tonight. And wherever you are, whatever you might be doing, get a neighbor, a friend to tune in to this show tonight, because I'll tell you what, it's a 2 situation. Colorado Springs Fellowship Church has proven to be a pillar of strength in this community in reaching out to law enforcement and agencies across that are not only impacting Colorado Springs, but the entire state, uh, and we are happy to report that. The... Other side of the coin is not as pleasant as a result of these outreach programs that were specifically set up to support law enforcement during the time of the death uh and the killing, if you will, of Eric Gardner in New York City. Uh, Carl Spring's Fellowship took a position that the country became very divided down the middle when it came to law enforcement and the trust and the transparency of law enforcement being what it should be uh as you know that was one of the most trying summers and the beginning of a horrible chain of events that took place with the lives of african-american lives being lost at the hand of law enforcement Uh, the vision of pastor rosebanks was this we need in some way to reach out and show support to those who were doing their jobs uh Let's Talk was born out of that experience. Let's Talk was a forum uh, in cooperation with the Just Cause in Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and the local law enforcement agencies here to come together in a community forum and to begin to talk about the issues at hand, thus called Let's Talk. Uh, the chief of police, uh, the sheriff, I believe it was Sheriff, sheriff Elder, Uh, at that time was also there. This was a very big deal. Uh, And we made a commitment as an advocacy organization, as well as uh, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, to reach out and to do what needed to be done to bring lives together, regardless whether you were white or black or from whatever nationality, background you come from. This was Let's Talk as a sign of hope, uh, of... um, Hopefully a direction of change that would cause people to uh, at least talk about what our concerns were. And I believe the more we're in a position to talk, the less body bags we feel in the local community. And that was the vision of of Pastor Banks, as well as the Just Cause organization uh, and the local law enforcement. William, give us a little insight into that. Uh, That was a big deal
13: yeah uh,
0: give give us your thoughts because you was you was definitely a part of that as well
13: yeah it was a it was a very big deal, and as you mentioned, you know we during that time that twenty fourteen time we saw a lot of deaths I mean the ones that are ring out are gardner, you know michael Brown, Tamir rice those are all just a few that happened in that time, so law enforcement was really trying to change their image. They were really trying to to to, to reach out to the community and say listen, don't associate us just by a few bad apples, you know. And so um, it was a very, very good program that went on with the, with um, Let's Talk, and it allowed them the opportunity to kind of reach out to the community and say, listen, we are people too. You know, we're human. We're here. We've chosen this job and this profession because we believe in supporting our community. You know, that's the thing about law enforcement. They're there. They're saying, you know, the guys that really uh, value their position and, the, uh, and their job, they say, listen, we're here to.'" support the community and enforce the law. And we do reach out to the community. Absolutely. And we're not these bad apples, so don't just stereotype us. And so, you know, the session was was really great. It was a Q&A session yep. that, was, uh, that allowed, you know, members and people that were coming in, not, you know, because there was a great turnout. They were able to come to the microphone and ask questions. And the police were there. The officers were there. You know, feel they were saying, hey, listen, we're open books. We well, will answer questions.
0: Well, the issue is, There was no part of law enforcement that was not allowed here. The district attorney uh, at that time, the elected district attorney, May was actually present at these Let's Talk. He spoke very uh, favorable of what we were doing, what was going on. Uh, So this is what is very troubling about Detective Brian Corrado. You try to take this picture that Colorado Springs Fellowship, its members, they're on some loony bin somewhere, Uh, They don't care, so they don't matter. Well, I can tell you right now, lives of Colorado Springs Fellowship members and leadership matters. And we are there, and that's why it is so irritating. We are there. As you said, William, we were out there. The district attorney was there. Matter of fact, I'll take it a step further. Pastor Rosebanks met with local district attorneys, new uh, graduates, if you will, from law school, that were going to be coming into the DA's office in El Paso County. And that was at the request of, of uh, District Attorney May. I'd like you to come and talk to our, our people coming out of uh, law school who's going to be joining the, the District Attorney's Office and share your experience within the criminal justice system. Uh, pastor Rose took time out of her schedule. As a pastor of a church, I can tell you right now, if you think that schedule is not busy, you are sadly mistaken. She took the time because she cared about what is being molded in the DA's office in this community in which that church has been for 40 years. It matters because if you come out of law school, twisted and doing whatever you're doing, he said, I'd like you to talk. Thus again, another type of support to the district attorney's office in the law enforcement here. That was done uh, by, uh, by pastor banks. Uh, We have Wayne, Right on the line uh I believe he was also involved in the uh the outreach that actually that actually went on as well uh Wayne, are you with us?
11: I'm with you, and uh yes, I went to both the uh Colorado Springs police Department and also the uh Paso county sheriff's uh department lunch that the uh uh
0: church sponsored okay, so you were part of both both uh, venues uh correct. And what was the impact, uh, and, and Wayne, let me, let me be clear, you were you are a volunteer uh, of, uh, of a Just Cause organization as well, is that correct? That is correct.
11: Um, the impact was, was tremendous. When we went to the um, police department, because we went there first, it was right after everything happened with uh, Eric Gardner. Um, you could see the look of appreciation on, their, on, on the police officers' faces. And we went and we sat down with them. We ate. You know, we had patrol officers. We had the chief come by. We had SWAT. We had forensic techs come by. And one of the things that stood out to me was one of the officers that was talking to me said, I I don't want you guys to think that we're doing the same thing that they're, you know, um, these road cops are doing out there shooting people. And I said, "Um, you know, we're here to let you know that we appreciate you putting your lives on the line and, you know, we're here to show show that we care about you. And, you know, it was it was the beginning of an important dialogue that, you know, led to let's talk to get the community talking with the police. And, you know, it was a, it was a great time.
0: No, no, absolutely right. And anyway, thanks for your thoughts on it. Uh, these are the things that primarily Mr. Carrado of the Colorado Springs Police Department don't want nobody to know about. Well, we don't want to, we don't want to share that out there because God forbid that we have an organization and a church that lifts up our arms as officers. You know how sick that is? Why would you hide anything that could help the morale of this country and this community? Whereas Colorado Springs Fellowship has been a pillar of strength in this community. And during the time as we've seen, even with the pandemic, we, uh, um, uh, me and Cliff had an opportunity to talk to some officers uh when the pandemic had first kind of started. And uh we came out there and talked to them because everything was really, man, it was tense in this community for a lo- long time right after this happened. Everybody was not knowing what's going to happen as we unlock, as we lock, what's going to go on. And he thanked, the officers thanked us, man. Thanks for being here for the community. We thanked him as well, because when you have people, regardless of what the situation is, in a situation where you limit mobility, uh, upon that mobility being reinstated, there is no telling what could come out of that, and that's that's something the officers told us. So, if you remember that conversation,
9: yeah, absolutely. They, you you come to realize, you know, when I guess when you're in law enforcement, when you're dealing with law enforcement, um, like like uh, Wayne was saying on the call. Police officers, last thing they want to feel is that, you know, they're being judged by the acts of, um, you know, uh, quote unquote, bad apple. And so when they get people in the community that appreciate what they're not only uh, the service that they're providing, but also what they're going through. And I think that was an important part of what the, um, you know, the outreach to the police officers, the sheriff's department, as well as the let's talk forum. The important part was. That they had a part of the community that they felt felt their pains, for lack of a better term, that understood what they were going through, uh, that, you know, they're they're not the ones who, uh, you know, killed Eric Gardner. They're not the ones who were uh, abusing other citizens. And they want that to be understood. I mean, anybody in that position would say, hey, you know, I'm I'm not that bad guy. I'm not that cop that did these bad things i i take my oath seriously i'm here to serve and protect it's what i want to do it's what i want people to appreciate me for so when we talk to those officers that was the thing that you get the most out of is that they want to they want to know that they're understood that somebody feels what they're going through what they're feeling and uh you know you would you would hope that the vast majority of police officers take that position to help out their community, to be able to make a change, to be able to serve and protect and to have their community understand that, feel that and give back. I'm sure it is a uh, very important part of, of uh, you know, their life. And, and I, I bet those there's police officers that'll never forget what happened, uh, how Colorado Springs Fellowship reached out to it.
0: That's really, and that's really, really a good thing. Thank you, Cliff. Uh, I'll tell you what, when police departments and officers around the country, and I cite the latest press release uh, that we put out uh, today, uh, officers around the country were being broadly assailed, uh, following Eric Gardner being choked to death by NYPD officers. Pastor Rose Banks didn't want Colorado Springs to feel they weren't appreciated. So she reached out to CSPD Chief Peter Carey to reassure him that she and her church parishioners didn't feel all police were bad people. And to prove that appreciation, Pastor Banks and parishioners followed up by delivering breakfast and lunch to hundreds of police officers and deputy sheriffs across the city. A 20-year veteran of the department responded by telling church volunteers that he was deeply moved by the kindness of Colorado Springs Village church and that no organization or church had ever honored the police in such a way. That is, that is over the top. In 20 years, he's a veteran for 20 years. A lot of stuff happens in 20 years. You're telling me, to so figure out how Mr. Carrado, a 14-year veteran, which I'm sure enjoyed breakfast on Colorado Springs Fellowship staff, how do you forget that, David? Your thoughts?
1: Well, it's just, it's just amazing. I wanted to make the point that these are, these are African Americans talking, and all you hear in the media. Is that African Americans uh, hate police and all this other side stuff is just not true. A lot of this stuff is media hype. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, some of us here we've been we've actually been abused by the system, but at the same time uh, we owe it to ourselves not to paint everybody with a broad brush, which is a history in this country of painting African Americans with a broad brush. You don't turn around and do the exact same thing. And if we can find a way to talk and actually care about the plight of somebody else or the interests of somebody else, law enforcement does a very difficult job. And I just want as an African American, I don't want all too much media hype, but I want the issues addressed effectively and for officers that that, that go rogue to be actually held accountable. Um, and the, the loving kindness program extends to so much more than even police officers. You're talking school of the deaf and blind who remembers them. That's the Colorado Swing fellowship church. The military once a month is honored, uh, at, in the service. It's, it, this is a, this is a, a act of loving kindness that, that, that is just a commitment to those in public service. And we only wish, in this particular situation, De- Detective Corrado had had a commitment to doing right by us. Well, absolutely right, and uh, uh,
0: well-spoken, David. Look, uh, the Colorado Springs Fellowship reputation in this area, and we haven't even scratched the surface of what was done. We're going to get into that the best we can uh, tonight. Um, right now, we're going to bring on a young lady who is Uh, volunteer as well for for the organization. Ari, are you there on the line? Yes, I'm here. Okay, there was something you wanted to share uh, in regards to, uh, I guess, some letters of appreciation from some local businesses, and I believe the police department as well for our listeners. Is that right? Absolutely. All right, go ahead. I'll I'll give you the floor.
16: Okay, this letter is from Sheriff Terry Makita, and it reads, Dear... Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, thank you for the donation of dinners you generously provided to the El Paso County Sheriff's Office recently. It isn't often members of the community step forward to openly acknowledge the hard work and dedication of the deputies protecting this community. Your thoughtfulness and selfless acts did not go unnoticed. The fact you took time of your day and money from your congregation to show your gratitude is very unexpected and appreciated. Clearly, you represent the true meaning of fellowship and the importance of faith-based community interaction. Thank you again, and we look forward to your continued support.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. You fed the entire... Stay with us. I'm going to have you read a couple of more. We're going to take a break and bring you back. But, Samson, when you hear that, look, I don't have to be a math major to understand the sacrifice made here to feed an entire sheriff's department
5: no absolutely Lamont and the, the fact of the matter is is like it's so rare to even see in our society today that anybody is extending a hand but now to just one another but now you have a church congregation led by its pastor that took it upon it themselves to say hey we're not only going to take it to just one officer or two officers we're going to go and we're going to feed this entire department we want to reach out and touch your life the way your service touches ours each and every single day, you know. But the fact of the matter is, it's it's now being overlooked by this rogue detective. Maybe he wasn't around when that happened. Oh, he was around. Maybe it was just he just has his own agenda. But the fact of the matter is, you can't go over, you can't overlook. And no matter how hard you want to try, you can't overlook forty years of community service. You've heard Will. You've heard Dennis talk about it, how it hasn't just been the police. It has been. EMTs, it's been firefighters, it's been businesses, p- just people out in the community. This church gives and gives and gives and gives, and all under the leadership and example of its pastor.
0: And, and Samson, you've been out there for the outreach there at uh, the us the Come and Go uh, Outreach Program. Absolutely. I love now, it. So, tell us a little bit about the officers. You were there out there, bitter cold out there.
5: Oh, absolutely. Uh,
0: listen. These officers came into the store to grab a snack, mm-hmm. but according to what we were we were presenting became a gourmet meal that they gladly accepted. Give us your uh, remembrance of that situation.
5: So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, these guys, I mean, you could tell they already been on a shift for a while, and we were out there. Of course, I mean, the the group that we are with, we had prepared meals out there. I mean, home-cooked meals by, you know, members of the congregation were out there. And I think the, the high that evening when we were out there was somewhere around 39, 38 degrees. I mean, it, it wasn't warm and the wind was whipping around. But we we're like, hey, these these gentlemen pulled up. We're like, do y'all want something? We're here. And they, at first, I mean, you could tell the humility of these. They're like, no, give that to somebody else. They wanted to make sure that somebody else in the community. But when we, we talked to them and we persuaded them, like, no, you're part of the community too. Plus, we appreciate your service. We appreciate the fact that you are out there day in, day out, like you mentioned before, Lamont. Your family might not know if you're coming home that evening or after your shift. So at the very least, let us give you a home-cooked meal. Let us give you something better than a prepackaged bag of pack, uh, potato chips and a hot dog. that's probably been on a roller for four hours. Let us give you something to show you how much we actually we love you as a person. We love what you're doing for our community.
0: No, well said, Samson. That, that's awesome are you still with us are you there I'm here all right go ahead share a couple of more with us we're going to take a quick break we're going to bring you back okay
16: okay here's one from commander RS Walker he says dear members of Colorado Springs fellowship church on behalf of everybody at the sand Creek division of the Colorado Springs Police Department I want to take a moment to thank you for breakfast this morning as you may know, the way to a cop's heart is through his stomach. Your kind and thoughtful gift has touched our hearts. Groups like yours remind us that your community is made up of caring people whom we are proud who we are proud to serve. Thank you again for thinking of us.
0: Well you can't make it up. Folks, you can't make this up. And this is reality. I tell you what, folks, we're gonna take a quick break. One thing you may wanna do, get a pencil, a paper, a notebook, a journal. Write it down. AJC Radio, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, makes history tonight as an organization that reaches out unlimited. We continue on the other side of the break. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back.
4: How often does our justice system get it wrong, convicting innocent people of crimes they did not commit? A new project by the University of Michigan Law School and the Center for Wrongful Convictions at Northwestern University School of Law tries to answer that question. In the last 23 years, more than 2,000 people have been convicted of serious crimes and later exonerated, according to the National Registry of Exonerations. By far, the largest segment was almost 1,200 defendants falsely convicted because of large-scale patterns of police corruption, generally in drug and gun cases. Of the remaining 873 defendants exonerated, nearly half were wrongly convicted of murder, and of that group, 101 were sentenced to death. On average, it took more than 11 years for a conviction to be set aside. Why does the justice system get it wrong? In homicides, the biggest problem is perjury and false accusation, most often by supposed eyewitnesses. False convictions in a Adult rape cases are primarily based on mistakes by eyewitnesses, while false convictions in child sex abuse cases are often for fabricated crimes that never occurred. 2,000 exonerations may seem small in the nation with more than 2.3 million people behind bars, but there are far more false convictions than the report contains. Most false convictions are never formally challenged, and those convictions that are successfully overturned receive little or no attention from the media, according to the report's author.
17: The United States houses more human beings in prisons than any other country in the world. This is true whether you're counting total numbers or in relation to population size. This wasn't always the case. The number of prisoners in the US began to rise dramatically in the 1970s. So what changed in America compared to other countries? While there are several competing theories, a look at the data reveals that a significant part of the prison growth in the last 40 years has been driven by the war on drugs. Here's the data. By 1980, there were over 315,000 prisoners in state and federal facilities, 57% were violent offenders, 30% were property violators such as thieves or those convicted of fraud, 5.5% of inmates were in for public order and other miscellaneous offenses, and the remaining 7.5% were nonviolent drug law violators. Ten years later, the drug war had grown, and the total American prison population had more than doubled to over 740,000 inmates. The proportion of offenders in each type of crime had also changed dramatically. The most growth occurred in the nonviolent drug offender population, which grew to a significant 24%. And this last statistic actually understates the influence of the drug war on prison populations. Many studies have shown that drug prohibition causes violent crime by leading to the formation of gangs and cartels. And thus, it is safe to say that the number of violent criminals under prohibition is higher than it would otherwise be. From 1990 to 2000, the drug-driven population growth continued. By 2000, the total prison population had almost doubled again to over 1.3 million inmates. And by 2010, the prison population was up to 1.6 million people. The growth has started to settle and even decline in recent years, but the proportions of offenses are retaining their post 1990 levels america's unique methods of enforcing drug prohibition seem to parallel its unique prison population and one has to ask is our country really better off with so many nonviolent drug offenders behind bars are drug users likely to be cured from addiction by being locked up has locking up dealers and users lessened the demand for drugs certainly the effects on overall usage could not be called a success. And yet we spend billions every year on this war and lock up hundreds of thousands. Surely there must be a less costly approach to addressing drug use in America.
3: When
9: news and headlines following an act of gun violence fade away, who's left?
16: The families. Gun violence is real? It affects more people than you would ever imagine. Losing
2: a family member is one of the worst
16: things that anyone can ever go
14: through. This is something that's often forgotten, like what happens to the people after the incidents?
3: Although our country struggles to agree on a long-term solution to gun violence, we can
16: all agree on one thing.
2: Any family suffering a loss as a result of gun violence needs our support.
8: Focus needs to shift to the human being. These continue to happen and more people have... Join the club that we didn't ask to be a part of. There's
2: families that are not getting the help that they need. They're... It
8: seems like there's nobody really rallying
16: around the people who have experienced the hardship that we have.
2: So many families in need, and I can really empathize with them. They need our love,
16: compassion, and
2: hope. Life for these families may not get any easier.
16: Their lives are never going to be the same.
5: Ever.
3: But with the support of others,
5: they will get stronger.
3: We can help the Christina Grimmie Foundation, building a legacy of hope and inspiration.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that that is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world. The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population, but we have over 25% of the world's prison population. America prides itself on being the most advanced and progressive nation on earth. However, sadly, we are also the world's most archaic. I'm gonna give you a personal invitation to get involved with the fight against mass incarceration. Take a few moments to call 1-855-529-4252. That is a Just Cause, and we fight for justice. Again, call a Just Cause today. Don't delay, call 1-855-529-4252. It is time and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight as we have began to deal with an issue really literally uh, in our own backyard. Detective Brian Corrado, uh, who's earned the name of Roll cop, uh, unfair, uh, unprofessional, and misconduct at its best uh, in dealing with the issue with Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and the property stolen uh, by the Gaynor family. with an intent and a clear intent, uh, to steal. Uh, As we were talking earlier, the report that was filed with the Colorado Springs Police Department regarding the $20,000 of property um, was clear. Paperwork was provided to the officer that was dispatched, uh, and the statement was made by the officer. I believe it was Officer Taylor made the statement, and he said, You can't argue with this paperwork. Clear evidence that this stuff was stolen. But the mind of a criminal with an intent to commit a crime was very clear here. If I can uh, make up some fake charges against the uh, members of the church who are there to retrieve church property in that alone, if I can say, well, they did this or they did that, I don't want them near me. What does that do? It opens a wide open door to know you can steal that property, knowing it's not yours, with a license to steal it. Because now I've made a statement, whereas an automatic restraining order on any type of accusation uh, along these lines automatically goes in place, therefore they could easily say, look, we said this, we don't want them bothering me or my family. All strategically to keep the church property and those that are there to protect it at arm's length. Can't go near that. You can't touch it because if you do, you're in violation of a restraining order. My understanding of an investigation is when it's clear, blatant evidence, which in this case it was. A police report was filed. To this day, no officer from the Colorado Springs Police Department has taken the time to say, hey, we'd like to follow up with you on that complaint. They were located because the statement was made by the gainers. We didn't take any property once the complaint was filed. It's absolutely insane. Detective Corrado has left the role of detective and officer so many times, he should be locked up for it. It's a crime. You're obstructing justice. Had I done that or interfered or done anything remotely close to what the Gainers have done, I promise you I'd be in an orange jumpsuit at the Criminal Justice Center off of Las Vegas and Colorado Square. be there right now these folks still have yet to be apprehended not because there's no location of these folks for one reason i will paint the colorado springs fellowship church in the most negative light that i can but here's one problem you got colorado springs fellowship church is a light, and as it has been described by others, a pillar of its community. You don't have a leg to stand on. Thus, a Just Cause organization will continue uh, to bring these things to light. We're going to get Ari's remarks, David, and we'll come back to you. Ari, are you with us? I'm here. As we were talking earlier, uh, Colorado Springs Police Department one of many organizations that have been touched uh, by Colorado Springs fellowship and outreach. Uh, you had another one you want to share with us.
16: Yes. This is from chaplain Brenda Griffin Collins from Memorial hospital. It says, dear pastor Rose, I am writing this with great joy and appreciation. It is not often that people go above and beyond to show kindness to others, but that is exactly what your ministry has done. I cannot name one employee at the North Hospital who was not totally overwhelmed with the depth of your kindness. It did not matter where you worked in the hospital, from environmental services to the administrative team. Every meal was not only beautifully displayed, but tasty as well. But beyond the the food, the sentiment meant even more. A simple thank you can bring a smile to any face. Your effort made people feel good about themselves, as well as feeling that their efforts in their day-to-day work had not gone without someone noticing. We work in a field where people often go long periods of time without hearing those wonderful words. Many of the employees of the hospital are behind the scenes. They work hard and without their contribution to the overall team. Computers would not work. Supplies would not be in place. The light might not be working, and meals would not be ready to be served. It takes the collective efforts of all of our employees to make our hospital and health system run smoothly. Thanks to the loving kindness ministry, every hand and heart got touched, and it was clearly communicated that you were acknowledging and appreciative of everyone. All of this was a major blessing, but you did not stop there. You went even above and beyond when you gave a special banquet to our environmental service department. You made our humble housekeeping staff feel like kings and queens. Then to go even further, you had the raffle and gave away a couple of gift cards slash certificates. There is a song that says the gospel in a word is love. Your church and the loving kindness ministry has embodied Christ and spread his word by the countless number of random kindnesses you have showered on the staff here at Memorial. I cannot say enough to express my gratitude for all that you have done. May God richly bless you, bless you all as you continue to be a blessing to others.
7: It's awesome.
0: We invite Detective Corrado to pick that information up, perhaps to place in Discovery or the district attorney's office. If you want a a slideshow of Colorado Springs Fellowship, you just heard that right there. Samson, your thoughts on that? That is profound.
5: Yeah, I actually remember that a uh, that event. And to see the excitement on everybody's face that was involved in putting that on, not only for the hospital staff, but also, as you mentioned, for the environmental folks, Like, I think that the the pastor and the co- the congregation of the church was just as excited uh, as those that we were giving you know all this stuff too I mean it 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 goes back and it shows you the foundational element that you know uh, the chaplain touched on the foundation of this church is love we love people we love those that you know often go under appreciated or not appreciated at all and it, it is the point and mission. You know, again, of the congregation, of this pastor, to get out there and show them, show them, you know, that they are appreciated when no one else will. Well, the question is, Mr. Carrado, which I'm sure you'll
0: hear this show, why this church? You know, you shouldn't do wrong to anybody. You should honor the badge that's on your chest every day. But why this church? You're here. You're not hearing this from me. Don't take my word. Take the word of these people that's talking. She said not one life, and that's just a small piece of Memorial Hospital. How many officers are down at that hospital every day in situations of questioning witnesses? Whatever the case is, whatever the accident is, whatever the situation is, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church has reached in and touched every part of this community. Those are not small words spoken by the chaplain. Not by a long shot. And that's something that needs to be paid attention to. And, all right, did you have another one you wanted to share, or was that it? we got some other
16: callers online as well. Did you have um, There is one more. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Um, this is from Fire Chief Stephen Cox. It says, Dear Pastor Banks, on behalf of the men and women of the Colorado Springs Fire Department, I would like to thank you for your kindness in reaching out to our firefighters for their service to the community. During the past few years, you have invited fire department staff to the following events, and we want to express our sincere gratitude to you and the members of the Colorado Springs Fellowship Church who give of their time to make these events possible. Lunch for staff at the fire department complex, firefighters' firefighters appreciation cookout at the Memorial Park, and lunch for the 20 fire stations occurring twice a month for a year and a half. We look forward to a continued partnership with you and the members of the Colorado Springs Fellowship Church.
0: That's, that's awesome.
16: That's awesome.
0: This is, this is
13: what we're talking about right here. Go ahead, William. No, it, he, that brought up a really great memory. That was, um, we had the cookout at firefighters Memorial and we had this thing planned. We, we reached out to all the fire departments and let them know, Hey, listen, guys, We'll be at, at the Firefighters Memorial, which is at Memorial Park. And we're going to, I mean, we had multiple tables. And just so happened that weekend, one of, um, there was a funeral for one of their former chiefs. And so we, Pastor Banks said, wrap it up and take it to them. Well wow. And you're talking about something that was awesome. you took, you, Literally, you had a huge spread. I'm talking about tents, tables, everything, this huge layout, all this food. All of a sudden, people just turned around and started taking little platters and packing everything up, and just they just everybody took stations and said, "We're taking food. we're taking food to them." and it was not their fault. you know they were saying the right. there uh, was a former commander he was up at Woodland Park, so they were going to their funeral service there, so they were really operating on skeleton staff around around uh, the community. but it was such a huge outpouring, and that's why. They reached out to us and said, you know what? Thank you guys so much for thinking about us. We were sorry that we could not be there, but you brought the food to us. And so it was, you know, that's just one of many, many examples. But but to that point, a year and a half, two stations a month, you're literally packing up it. You're taking lunch to them. you laying it out. You, you sit there with them. And, and, I mean, we were there, you know, hours. And it's just another example of what Colorado Springs Fellowship and Pastor Rosebank do on a constant and has done on a constant, to your point, 40 years.
12: Forty
13: years. Forty years, a pillar in this community, constantly reaching out and say, you know, to people, showing love and kindness. That's what the program is called.
0: Well, well, the Detective Carrado, in his failure to do an investigation, he would have come across all of this because it's well-known in the community. People have not forgotten. When I talked to the Colorado Springs Police Department, the young lady said to me, I've been here over 20 years. I remember, is this the church Pastor Rose Banks, Colorado Springs Fellowship? Oh man, do I remember that. I'll ask the question again to Detective Carrado. Why this church? Why this pastor that's done nothing but be a light in a community? Some of the most trying times of this nation why colorado springs fellowship church no basis no foundation you want to stifle the extended hand of a church that is touching the lives of the community that trusts you can somebody help me answer that question makes no sense They've, well <clears throat> Loving
1: kindness is one thing, but even without the loving kindness, uh, Mr. Carrado took a note. And where is just fundamental fairness? Uh, oh, a lopsided investigation going to, to one. They said, okay, we'll take your word for it. We're really not going to check out anything else. Um, and we're just going to go ahead and charge you guys. I don't care if they stole your furniture. Um, we're not going to charge them any anyway for, for some reason. There's a malicious axe to grind against the church. And where the hatred comes from, nobody really knows. And you just don't understand how people just went over to secure their property and they end up
0: with charges.
1: There was no violence or anything like that there. It's so okay if it if it boiled down to a dispute at that current moment with property once that was proven you said well uh, these people want their property um the situation can be resolved amicably uh, in an amicable way but why do you just want to start charging people with crimes who just it's just it's just absolutely baffling this outcome and you just You just try to understand why and how, and you're just almost sitting in a state of uh, disillusion,
0: like, how can something
1: like this happen,
0: and why would it happen? It it makes no sense. Once again, the church contacted uh, Colorado Springs Police Department, this time about the theft of their property by the couple, but irrespective of the refutable evidence provided to him that the church owned the property, and letters from Colorado Springs Fellowship's attorney, telling them not to remove church property in which they signed that they had read it. Corrado and Colorado Springs Police Department refused to charge the couple with theft based on the couple's absurd claim that the church simply gave it all, $20,000 worth of property in the apartment as a gift. Under Colorado Criminal Code Section 18-4-401, a person commits theft when he or she knowingly obtains, retains, or exercises control over anything of value of another without authorization, fired by, by threat or deception, or disposes of anything of value or belonging to another that he or she knows or believes to have been stolen is a, is a class five felony if the value of the theft is between five to $20,000. Knowingly, Detective Carrado, that's the criminal code. After fourteen years on the force, you fail to remember the criminal code for theft? And when your your comrade tells us you cannot argue with the paperwork. Everything itemized in an atomized list, property upon property upon property. The church set up offered a hand up as people are suffering says, look, we'll set up a corporate apartment under Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. These are the rules, the guidelines, is that you adhere to church rules. That we are here to give you a hand up. Provided you adhere to those rules, which every church has, we'll give you a hand up until you're able to get on your feet. When you decide to bring drugs into an apartment, with two minor children, when you decide to bring a loaded gun and have it there on the premises, you are in violation of church protocol. Therefore, it is our right to say you are no longer part of the Hands Up Outreach Program. We'll give you an opportunity to pack your things and go. You want to try to use the squatter's law to stay there, stay there, but not on our furniture. Not on the church property. That's within our right under the law. Colorado Springs Fellowship has done nothing outrageous here. We simply said we need our property because there's another family
13: that may need this help.
0: We're not going to give you a corporate apartment, $20,000 of property, when we may have a family in the wings that will appreciate such an
14: outreach program it's absurd it's absurd dave the question you have to ask is why wasn't there a full investigation is you look at you, t- you keep saying that a corporate apartment that's a perfect example so if you're a, a business and you give your employee uh, a corporate apartment and they're no longer an employee they have to get out and if they get out and take the furniture with them they're going to jail because they just stole the furniture. Right. It's the same situation. So, where is the investigation? Absolutely right.
0: Cliff, do we have another caller?
9: Yes, we have another caller. We have Gina on the line who wants to make a comment about what she hears tonight. Uh, Gina, you're live. Go ahead.
8: Hi. Um, yeah, this is Gina. I was listening tonight and I was actually one of the participants for a couple of the things that have been mentioned tonight. Um, I remember um, going to the police department for one of the events they had for the cadets. So it was a graduating class of seniors who uh, the police were honoring. They had gone through a police, like a, um, a program to learn what police go through. And it was uh, you know, pastor told us about it, and she said, let's go down there and support these guys and these young people who were interested in being fellow police officers. So we went down there and cheered for them and just kind of mingled with the group. So I'm reminded of how, you know, there's no ulterior motive behind a lot of this kindness. I heard somebody say something about uh, love is the driver. And that's exactly what it is. I may never see these people again, but I can remember the smiles and the faces of people who were wondering, well, hi, do you have a person here that you are, you know, down down here to cheer for? And it wasn't about that. It's like we're here to support all you guys. And the looks on their faces was, really? Okay, this is nice. And the police officers were glad to have extra people there, you know, who basically said, you know, we care about what's going on in the community. Uh, Somebody mentioned, too, about the deaf and blind school. I was part of that, and we went every month and took uh, food to the teachers, and the teachers uh, took snacks for their break room and told them, you know, they were appreciated, and they, and it's amazing how you know, I'm sure the parents said thank you, but I don't believe they went to the extent of like doing something extra, giving them something. And uh, we also took the musicians group and the singers and I was part of that and we went down there and we, and we kind of co-mingled with the deaf and blind kids who were part of the musical team. And we interacted with them and just had a good time just fellowshipping and, and loving on them and them giving back to us. And it was just an awesome experience. So everything that I'm I'm hearing you say tonight is about the character of a church that wants to make a difference. And it's through years. It's not just a one-time event or something that's happened uh for a short period of time. It's been for the length of this ministry, and I've been around for over 30-something years. And I know that's the whole purpose behind it.
12: Well,
0: thank you so much for your comment. Uh, Pastor Banks launched Colorado Springs Fellowship Church Let's Talk initiative, where she used the church to host a forum between the Colorado Springs residents, and again, the residents matter, and city and county law enforcement to discuss the public policy concerns and to foster greater understanding and empathy between the police and the community. During the Let's Talk program, both Chief Kerry and Pastor County Sheriff Bill Elder express profound gratitude to Pastor Banks and Colorado Springs Fellowship Church for their kindness to police and the opportunity to build stronger bonds with the people they protect and serve. Profound gratitude from the chief of police and the, and the elected sheriff. Detective Corrado, where's that information in the report? We go on and on and on. We're going to come right back on the other side of this break. We continue, folks, a church targeted with a reputation of love and kindness in a community that needs it most. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back.
15: Picture this, a 75-year-old man convicted of murder waiting for his trial to finally go through. He's been on death row for 25 years now and finds out he's been wrongfully convicted and is completely innocent. Not only does this mean that 25 years of his life have been spent in jail for no reason, but that the actual murderer could still be out there right now. The bad thing is that this exact thing happens more often than you think, but you can help stop it by supporting our campaign to abolish the death penalty.
8: Because I'm 16, I can't drive at night. Because I'm 16, I can't work past 10 o'clock
13: on a school night. Because I'm 16, I can't get a cell phone contract without my parents.
8: Because I'm 16, I can't get a flu shot without my mother's consent.
15: At 16, I'm not old enough to watch an R-rated movie alone.
8: Because I'm 16, I can't buy a lottery ticket. I
16: can't vote.
15: I can't drink.
8: I can't smoke.
15: I can't join the military.
8: Because I'm 16, I can't sit on a jury, but I can be tried as an adult. I can get a lifetime criminal record. If I get arrested, my parents don't have to be notified. Because I'm 16, My mother had to sign this consent form so that I could participate in this video.
5: But I can go
15: to an adult prison.
8: But I can go to Rikers Island.
15: But I can be sent to Attica.
3: My name is Michael Corriero. I was a judge for 28 years in the criminal courts of the state of New York. New York is one of only two states in the entire nation that automatically tries children as young as 16 as adults. We need to change that.
2: Last week, my father sent me to my room.
5: Next week, a judge could sentence me to an adult prison.
3: We need to judge children as children. It's time to raise the age of criminal responsibility in New York.
18: You can tell a lot about someone by what they spend their money on, their priorities, their concerns, and their motives. Big Pharma says their top priority is research and development. They say the prescription drug costs are so high because they spend so much on research. But the simple truth is nine out of the 10 biggest pharma companies spend 50% more on advertising than they do on research and development. It's true, tens of billions more. The more they spend, the clearer it becomes. Big Pharma's priorities are more ads, more sales, and higher costs to you. It's time for Big Pharma to get their priorities straight. Americans deserve open and honest prescription drug pricing. Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit csrxp.org.
3: Mass incarceration means that we've got a very high rate of incarceration, historically, comparatively, and the other thing is the rate of incarceration is so high, so socially concentrated, we're no longer incarcerating the individual but we're incarcerating whole social groups. The rate of incarceration now is about five times higher than it was historically. Historically it was 100 per 100,000, now it's about 500 per 100,000. If we look at prison, if we add jail to that it's about 700 per 100,000. Nowhere in the world incarcerates as much as we do. We've seen ex. Extremely high rates of exposure to the criminal justice system for African American men with very low levels of schooling. So if we think about black men who were born in the late 1970s, and who were growing up through the American prison boom of the 1980s and the 1990s, the chances that they're going to serve time in state or federal prison if they dropped out of high school is about 70%. So going to prison for that group of black men with very low levels of schooling, that's become a normal life event. That's really only happened in the last 10 years. We're at this point now where there's about 1.2 million African-American children with a parent who's incarcerated. That's about one in nine. The research shows the kids who experience parental incarceration have diminished school achievement, they have behavioural problems, depressive symptoms acting out. and There's also evidence that these kinds of negative effects associated with parental incarceration are concentrated more among boys than among girls. And there's a very real risk here that incarceration becomes an inherited trait. The underlying issue is we've chosen prison as a way to respond to that problem of crime. And there are a whole variety of ways that we could have chosen to respond to that problem of crime. We've chosen the response of the deprivation of liberty, and we've chosen the response of the deprivation of liberty for a historically aggrieved group whose liberty in the United States was never firmly established to begin with.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight as we advocate for justice on behalf of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and the outreach and the pillar of strength that is strategically being hidden. We know by one officer who an investigation should be immediately started on the conduct of Detective Brian Corrado. Not only for his failure to enforce the law, the criminal codes, and the oath that he took to protect and to serve, a just cause has one purpose, and that is this: that all people be treated equally and fairly. What we have shared now, what we have shared tonight in a very limited scope, is the huge impact of outreach. That has been implemented in this community for 40 years by Pastor Rose Banks and Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, and neither effort has failed. As from every walk of life, community businesses, the Colorado Springs Fellowship extended hand of kindness has not faltered. We deal with a lot in the criminal justice system, and not too long ago, Deputy Chief Vasquez, Adrian Vasquez requested of me to be part of the Board of Community Leaders in order to have transparency in the community to br- come together and have a conversation. But upon the actions of Brian Corrado, Detective Corrado, 14 years on the force and his misconduct, we have been placed in a situation without question that I chose to step down from that post. Where hypocrisy is and where truth is not present, I cannot, as an advocate, defend hypocrisy on that level. And It is our hope that Detective Corrado uh, will be held accountable for his actions. That is our hope. James Apollo, there was something you wanted to share uh, on the press release that we had released today. Uh, a uh, portion of that go ahead and share that with our listeners
14: and this is from today's press release and it's just a small piece and it says the colorado springs fellowship role is a community peacemaker who advocates for the balancing of police's misconduct to protect and serve against protests that are unfairly condemned the entire police department for rogue actions of a few should be respected and valued by the cspd The national response to crying the gratuitous killing of George Floyd is evidence that the country has reached a boiling point with police not being held accountable for their wrongful actions. And a failure to hold Detective Corrado accountable for conducting a biased investigation and mistreatment of these parishioners will damage Colorado Springs Fellowship's trust in the integrity of the CSPD and eviscerate the collaborative efforts by Chief Carey and Sheriff Bill Delta to rebuild community trust. You're absolutely right and well spoken
0: uh, in that, and that is critical if we want trust, folks, in with our police officers. Church is clear that we have showed their support from day one. But it's our job, it's our duty to call out when it's not being carried out. Uh, It's something that cannot happen. And the moment we remain silent in the midst of this type of behavior, I can tell you this right now, uh, again, if the tables were turned, nobody would be silent about it. Again, I'd already be, and any of you, you know it, would already be in custody who's our next caller clip
9: our next caller we have thomas who wants to give his take on the conversation thomas you're live go ahead
15: hey thanks um yeah i just, just recall from from years back of being a volunteer and uh you know being at the police headquarters downtown colorado springs and setting up for you know the officers the detectives the cspd staff um and just the recurring theme from them was one of uh of shock, of of gratefulness, of of um just overall being very appreciative of of, of kind of the kindness and, and, and the love shown to those uh to those public servants, right? And so this conversation tonight is uh um you know, that that rogue uh detective I think he says it best, right? Um when i look at uh, i had a chance to pull up the uh the chief's principles right for uh for this year and it's it's responses uh, excellence humility and honor and uh none of what we've seen from from this detective or um you know the broader cspd through this uh, through our current or recent experience exhibits any of those right so i uh, it's just um you know, maybe they need to look at some uh, antonyms <laughs> for those, right? But I think it's uh it's just disgusting. You know, that's how you show um gratitude, right? Um it's just uh we've done so much not only for uh uh C S P D but for FIRE for as as other callers have mentioned, just all across the community. Uh the Colorist Means Fellowship uh reputation is, is beyond reproach. As is that of our, our pastors, so it's um, you know it, it's it's just uh, yeah it's um,
12: yeah
15: appalling. <laughs>
0: but, oh, absolutely uh, right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Thomas, for your thoughts on that. And uh, anybody want to add to that, uh, Clint? Your thoughts on that and on and, and Thomas's statement? Very much so. I, I uh, the
2: thought just keeps coming to mind about. Harmony and peace in the community, uh, and the police department, the sheriff's department, they really appreciate that. They call your home, uh, reaching out. They're a nonprofit organization. Um, for them to uh, feel that the police union can call and be supported uh, is is a is a good thing. And to have peace and harmony in the community, and it, it, it exemplified by the church that's reaching out. Uh, it makes them feel good riding around in their car and uh, say you know it's not it this is a good part of the job it's a good part of the job just we we are doing something good in the community and and just uh, you know it's it's very similar to the military you gotta win over hearts and minds and if the police can feel that they're doing that that, that's a good part of the job
0: well I'll tell you this the actions of detective Corrado is very distasteful uh, because at the end of the day when you are trying to wrap your hands around it you come up with no, a- no answer that justifies this type of behavior and we're taught that they say this all the time in this country well nobody's above the law well talk, Detective Carrado's is on the kite right now Sooner or later, your actions, you're going to be held accountable for. You can't do it. And then expect people to believe, and again, I have to go back to this point, David. During this situation, when they were there to obtain church property peacefully, the Colorado Springs Fellowship officers called the police immediately. Asking for help when a gun was pulled. If I'm out here robbing your house, do you think I'm going to take a break for about five minutes and call the cops? Hey, come on out here. I'm I'm almost done taking the jewelry. We'll be done here shortly. I'm going to call the cops out. Why would I call the police? Why would the officer of the church call the police? Because again every at every turn you take when you want to believe that something right will happen. It was our organization that said, we, there's a gun, let's call for help. And in return, you charge us for making a call to protect children in that situation, to protect officers of the court of the church and we become the prey the church becomes the prey and only one thing happened an officer of the church said I will call law enforcement because something has to be done and you criminalize criminalize us the church officers and say we're going to charge you And you wonder why your effort of transparency, the mayor's office has been contacted four or five times. Where are you, mayor? Mr. Mayor, where are you? The police department answers to you. Where are you? Can't be found. But we're supposed to have this belief in a system that our rights matter. They don't matter. I can assure you they will. They will. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. um, The police officer never called the board members of the church about the complaint. Never Never contacted him. And uh, this is totally wrong. They should have definitely contacted the church uh, board members to, uh,
0: to to ask about the situation. But they didn't care. See, that's what we get to the nuts and bolts here. They didn't care. And if I'm targeting a church with this bias, I'm digging in. But go ahead,
1: David. But do you know there's, a, there's a, the reputation of the police some of the big issues uh, are obviously glaring, and people get upset. But this, they're, they're they're destroying their reputation of death by a thousand cuts. It's these types of issues, coupled with the George Floyd issues and the Eric Garner's issue, that really starts to erode the total trust of police in this country. They have got to at some point. They will get more respect saying, look, we can't just allow this stuff to go unchecked, misconduct to go unchecked, bias to go unchecked. And then they wonder why people, and, and it almost makes you, and people wonder why African-Americans don't want to call the police. Well, well they call them in this instance, yeah. and they get charged. We're we asking you to protect our property. A gun was pulled on us and protects us. And we're going to come out and charge you with the crime.
0: Doesn't make any sense. And so
1: it's just, and then they wonder why, what's going on in the country right now. People continue to look at this stuff and say, "Wait, is?" And now with, with the ubiquitous nature of cameras, the rest of America is starting to see that some of this behavior right. is just, is just unacceptable, and something has got to be done. And I, I'm hopeful that. Uh, the administration here in Colorado Springs will do something and remedy this situation.
0: Without question, let me be clear on this point again. Somebody comes out to a scene, which was a scene at this apartment complex. Detective Carrado or any officers, never came and asked the church not one time their side. Not one time! But you claim an investigation went on. When Deputy Chief Adrian Vasquez was contacted, I said to him, your officers failed to act. Not one of our people were talked to. Why don't you explain that to me, the Deputy Chief? Oh, we'll get on top of that Yes. If you feel like it wasn't fair, well, let me look into it. You looked into it and you disappeared. You're complicit in this garbage, Deputy Chief. That's where you are complicit. Chief, you are complicit. It's out of your department. You have an officer of the church not even going to the, apart- the apartment which she was entitled to under the law because she was listed on the lease, had keys to the apartment. She doesn't even go up there, wait for the officer to come, tells the officer, shows the officer the lease in the church's name. Never left her car. And you trump up a stocking charge? Are you kidding me right now? This is what's insane. They went to the people that told the lies, Nick and Arnisha Gaynor, who were recipients of loving kindness that you do not find. And because they want they'd rather party it up and get high and drink and have weapons in an apartment and disregard the protocol and policies of the church. You paint us as the bad guys. Do me a favor. Show me one more church that would have done it. Show me a church that would have entrusted that. $20,000 to say, here's a hand up. Not a hand out. It's your hand up. You get up, you leave. You Give your hand up. They told lies on the church. They never asked to speak to the board of directors of Colorado Springs Fellowship
13: who has an impeccable
0: record above reproach from the leadership down. Do you understand, ladies and gentlemen of America, how
12: insane this sound?
0: Mayor goes missing in action? Don't blame it on COVID nineteen. Well people are back at work. You have a city to run. You have a job to do. Deputy Chief Vasquez Highly disappointed. A man whom I thought was a man of integrity until right now. The leadership doesn't step up and say, "Look, this falls on my watch, and it's my job to fix it." You have failed. You have failed.
7: Go ahead, Demetrius. Lamont, as you're talking, you you see the a pattern. Uh, And and unfortunately, and and, and as you say, stated earlier, not all cops are bad, but in this situation, you reached out to his supervisor looking for correction, looking for justice. And you find it time and time again, that they don't want to do the right thing. And that's very accurate. It it angers me in such a way that you have the evidence, you have documentation, you have your documentation, you have. the, the board member there saying this is what we've done as our loving kindness program, and yet they still back the liars. That, that is very – and you see that again and again in some of the cases that we've been dealing with and talking on the show, that when does that stop? That, that, that really aggravates me that this is happening in our community for, uh, with this particular uh, detective. Well, it's a disgrace, and all I can do
0: is applaud. Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and the leadership there, Pastor Rose Banks, who has set a standard of respect for community, for police officers. And when that goes ignored, a community is doomed for chaos because this particular situation is chaos at its highest level. It's just unbelievable to me. And the lives that are affected that, guess what? We're supposed to trust. When I was a little kid growing up, I remember in Oklahoma, my dad was military there. I remember the police car, I, very noticeable, looked real big back there because I was a little tight then, to serve and protect. And Sean Kell always had somebody wanted to be a cop. They brought a police officer in to talk to us in third grade, second grade. And the kids would say, man, I want to be a police officer or a firefighter when I grow up. I can assure you, in schools across this country, I guarantee you right now in this community, I don't have any children, but if I had a youngster, and he came and said, man, I'd like to be a cop. Dot your I's and cross your T's. And be prepared for what's out here. Not the same world anymore. It's just not and I implore to the mayor, Sellers. I believe is the acting mayor right now. He is the mayor, elected mayor. I implore you to, to to tell your officers to do the right thing. But hiding behind whatever people are hiding behind, you know this is wrong. Internal affairs. Do your job. Don't give me a canned response with a stamp on it to say this comes from the desk of the the Internal Affairs Department of the CSTD. Give us an answer. And not what's politically correct. You're not even politically correct in this action. You are horribly wrong here. The district attorney's office, the new elected DA, do your job. You're not going to get a conviction in this case. But I tell you what, there's two people at large. Nick Gaynor, Anisha Gaynor. And on top of all of that, they endanger the lives of two children. But that's okay according to what we have seen. Your thoughts, Dennis, as we close out on this show. Exactly. It, it's. I mean, it really it, it, it makes you think, you know, after all the, the love and kindness that they're, after the reputation, the proven reputation of this church and its members and how one police officer could take it in his own
9: and say, this is what I'm going to do. This is the way I'm going to handle it. And no one's going to do
0: nothing about it this has to be fixed and it needs to be fixed quick because like you said you got a church you got a community people look up to the church saying to themselves after this show wow if if they could do that to them
4: they'd do it to anybody well what
0: you cause people to do who look love is contagious when you see kindness and love showed in a community people tend to become contagious to say what can i do to the actions of Detective Brian Corrado. Your actions can impede that progress. Okay, David.
1: And I wanted, wanted, before we close, to be sure we recognize that these actions, there are men that were just over there to secure property who have security clearances, former military, and just by the these actions, these, this malfeasance by this officer—you threaten these men's livelihoods, and it's just—I I just wanted to be sure that that was uh, recognized here. That people's lives are being affected by this, and it's actually—do you even care? It's just—it's just, it's just very—it's just very sad that, that people don't care enough. To know the damage you can do or maybe they 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 do know the damage they're doing they're just kind of sadistic about it and they just love to uh like to hurt people I, just, I i really it's really just hard to understand
13: no without question yes well i was just thinking as david said you know that's that's the thing about them not being um being held accountable it's like a god complex they feel like they can do whatever you want to. How how can one detective get partial information and start this whole domino effect and no and goes unchecked? No one no one's willing to rein this in. And say wait a minute, hold on. This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense after the years and the reputation that Colorado Springs Fellowship and their pastor has done, reaching out to us in the community and you know police, firemen, so forth and so on. And you let one person start this whole domino effect because these he, agents is lawless. I mean, basically, that's it. It's a God complex.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. By the actions of good and justice, you build a community. The actions of Detective Carrado and all those that are enablers to him to not be held accountable. I can assure you right now, a just cause organization, AJC Radio, we will not rest till justice is found because that's what advocates do. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us tonight as we have again, addressed an issue in our own backyard. Be on the lookout for a detective that may bring injustice to your home because they have failed to act and to hold him accountable. His name is Detective Brian Corrado. In my opinion, one that has not honored the badge in this case. We continue to seek for justice. This is AGC Radio. Good night.